She sees the future. And the future is Mr. Senor Colombia is going to continue to fail to communicate with me. Ooh. Does Ooh, he listen to the podcast? Tea, huh? Does he listen to the podcast? Don't know. Hope not. Also, don't really care. Um, it has. Though we did release an episode last week, it was recorded several weeks ago. So Jeep and I do have a lot of updates. Yeah. Time for the weekend update so the the several weekenders several weekenders i i traveled to europe if you've ever heard of it (laughs) and i was in berlin visiting friends it was electric i can't wait to go back i had some incredible hookups honestly like so insane jeep and i are living our top eras and it's um you know, there's something, it's it's sickly sweet. There's it's, something left to be said. There's something left to be said. About being a top. This is the new pandemic, topping. Topping is the new pandemic. Topping it's ridiculous. Topping pandemic. We're all afflicted. I only bottomed once when I was in Europe, and everybody else wanted me to top them, which is ridiculous. But, like, I'm not going to say no to <laughs> topping. I'm not. But I think what was most spectacular was this really hot Colombian. Super hot dude. Oh, well, we, we got a lot to say about Colombians this episode. <laughs> but um, this Colombian guy that I hooked up with, super sweet. His name was Juan. He, like, owns a tech startup in Berlin. We went for drinks, had a wonderful time. He told me I was a very pretty American girl. Um, though I did not travel in any literal sense, my dick has been balls deep in Colombia. Um, I, the dude from Columbia I was fucking has decided he is in fact going to move and is now living here in New York and I've found him a sublet with one of my dear friends and that can't possibly be messy or go wrong in any way. Um, by no means, (laughs) by by no means. means. Um, so I'm currently writing that out. I'm in a little bit of a -a tete-a-tete with him. Uh, trying to incorporate some French into this episode after whole natural. And after really, our European exclusion. Right, excursion. Really, really feel like my Francophone self, which he's not real, but we love him anyway. Um, no, yeah, we're in a bit of a tiff about communication styles and just being upfront and direct. But other than that, I am having amazing sex with somebody who may just about be, dare I say, the hottest person I've ever fucked. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, like people get so mad at me for saying that. Cause I do say that all the time, but the difference this time is everyone's actually agreeing with me. <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly true. We, this is the first time we've all been in consensus. And you know, I will say talking about Senor Colombia is a great transition in today's topic because I do kind of feel like he's playing games. Yes, that's right. Everybody we're talking about games. Twist it, gape it, bop it, baby. Whether it be like sex games, uh, romantic games, which I'm less a fan of, um, games of all varieties, we're gonna we're gonna talk about them today. Um, and first on the list is actually not a topic, but a question: Is a bukake a game? You know, it's kind of like. Did you ever play Mario Party? I absolutely did. I love Bukaki Mario Party. Scream like three v one mini games. 
You know what I mean? Honestly, yeah. Like, in that way, like, a Bukkake is a game, but only because it's, like, if you're ever on the, like, three side of the 3v1, it's not really that great for you. Like, if you're the one, if you're the, like, cum guzzler in the center getting, like, a face load of semen, like, it's a game for you because it's fun. Mm -hmm. You're getting your payout. You know what I mean? You're getting what you deserve. That being said... I ultimately don't think Bukaki is a game because, like, there's no, like, we're all winners in a Bukaki. We're all winning. Where we're not all winning is Soggy Biscuit, which we have a link to a Pornhub video that I honestly don't feel comfortable sharing with y'all. Not because it's grotesque, but just because these men are busted as fuck. Like, busted. I would just honestly like to think we could find a hotter soggy biscuit that being film. said if you would like to submit your own soggy biscuit film to mind the gate it's at <laughs> mind the gate pod on instagram or twitter and or twitter. also mind the gate pod at gmail.com if you're really old school <laughs> that being said let us back up soggy biscuit is um essentially a bukkake in which you replace the person in the center with um, I feel like soggy biscuit must be like a British term because it's usually a cookie and only Brits call cookies biscuits. biscuits yeah. Um, but like it could be like a muffin. I've actually only like the only time I'd ever heard of this before we like did a little bit of, you know, investigative digging, investigative journalism, investigative journalism. <laughs> um, before we did our research, I had only ever heard of this being done with a saltine cracker, which honestly I think would just taste better and just like be less like sufferable whatever mm -hmm. but um basically the idea is everybody's in a circle jerk and comes on whatever carbohydrate you've chosen and the last person or the person who fails to come the last person to come has to then eat said carbohydrate um <laughs> that implying it's always a carb if it was something like i don't know everyone has to come on a steak would that change it for you i mean is the steak unsalted is the steak medium rare? No, I actually, I think I want it to be a carb because it's got to like absorb a little bit of like the cum. You know what I mean? It's got to like take on the character of this group, if you will. What about freezing the cum and putting it into a smoothie? No, this is like, okay, see, you were like so gag over cum cubes and now you're telling me to just like drop them in a blender with like a banana and some yogurt. Like, are you fucking kidding me? You just said cum cubes so nonchalantly that I, that you like expected me to know what it was. If you've been listening, like if you've been listening this far, not only do you, have you gotten to know Jeep and I a little bit, but you know what a cum cube is. And so I feel like I can use it with some degree of nonchalance. We have an educated audience. Now we do. Sort of. <laughs> But what I do want to, like, harp on about Soggy Biscuit is, like, I actually think that people play, like, the difference is, like, people doing bukkakis are, like, obviously, if it's, like, a girl in the middle, like, these are heterosexuals, although there's still something. Obviously. Bisexuality. Does Whatever. it exist? No. <laughs> um, but, like, there's still something, I mean, in that context, there's something distinctly erotic about a bukkake, like, to regardless of the gender of the person in the center. Mm -hmm. But I think the thing about Soggy Biscuit that we noticed watching, you know, one film of it is like... One abrasive film. A very abrasive film. is like, they're actually like probably straight people. Like, I think they're getting... Like, what... There's the... Like, the eroticism is not the like jerking off with these other dudes. It's the like the power instilled by like watching another heterosexual man have to 
eat this like the soggy biscuit that could be one variable but wouldn't you say that there is a potential for mutual pleasure to not be homoerotic mutual i feel like if there is pleasure then it is inherently gay it, homoerotic at least i don't know like because i think what they're getting off on and this is what was like kind of twisted about the video is they're getting off on the dude not enjoying eating the biscuit you know what i mean you don't know how they're getting off that's true it, you have no idea right, for all we know it's just a performance but at the same time i really just feel like men particularly straight men are already so like turned on by by violence like dare i say like by mm-hmm. violence that it's like there's something about like the suffering of the individual having to eat that that i think they're finding erotic because they're like like the eroticism is almost found in the relief of not having like if you wanted to flip it and not make it so like grim like you could say the eroticism is in the relief of like not having to eat this biscuit because like you're so powerful you can like make yourself calm like a big boy that i could get behind I could get behind that. I still am like a, a big believer of like mutual pleasure. Like, like there's something to be said about just like guys being dudes, just jerking off together. But are you, is that not inherently homoerotic? Is male camaraderie homoerotic? It is when it's you two looking at each other, touching your penises. Well, what if they're not looking at each other? They're all looking at porn. No, they're all watching each other come on a biscuit. Well, (laughs) some people like to watch porn with each other and jerk off. I still think that's homoerotic. I think if like there is male on male presence, like in the same physical space and you're bringing, you're bringing yourself to climax, like part of, because like if you like fundamentally did not, if that was just fundamentally not different from like you just jerking off alone watching porn, then you'd just never do it with the other person. You know what I mean? Well, see, this is the thing that I, you clearly have never, you know, jerked off. Have you jerked off with like straight men before? I mean, I guess I just feel like, I think, you know, I did when I was really young, actually. Like and when was I was that in middle gay? school. I mean, I think, in hindsight, for me, it, like, very much was. For for you, little faggot, it was. <laughs> but, for example, for example, eighth grade, Joe Webster's slumber party. It was, like, me, Joe Webster, and, like, Kyle, whatever. And Kyle was insistent that we all watched porn together and jerked off. Now, this is, like, one of the straightest kids I've ever met. Like, he's super straight. Um... Definitely not queer in any way. He went to FIT and was just slamming pussy left and right. It was incredible. Because if you're straight at FIT, you're one of like six straight guys there, maybe. Sure, maybe, whatever. And let me tell you, they're just, you're just pulling poon off you left and right. (laughs) But he really wanted to like have like a group jerk off. Now, is that something that was like his homoerotic awakening? Maybe. Or was it just like... Just like a weird coming of age middle school experience where you just share sex. Like, is is sharing sexual experiences automatically homoerotic with the same sex? I don't understand. First of all, I would say yes, but also I don't understand why those two just can't coexist. Like, 
I don't think homoeroticism means you're like a closeted gay dude. Like, yeah. you know, I think you can do things that are deeply homoerotic. That's like, fair. Especially because like, like, you know, it just like, like, again, like sexuality is a spectrum. You know what I mean? It's just like, we don't judge like budding queer people who are, or like we don't deny, we shouldn't deny the queerness of like budding queer people who it's like, I'm like ready to like jerk off with another dude or like swap head or whatever, but I'm not ready to have sex. Right. And so it's like, there's just like all these like different stages of homoeroticism bleeding into homosexuality that it's like, I don't think it's crazy to say like, this is a straight person who's doing something that is deeply homoerotic. That's fair. And that doesn't make them gay. But it should. I don't think it should. Everybody should just be gay. Uh, I'm done with straight people. I'm done with the heteros. And I want to know if I any of our listeners. Know. Have you ever. Sorry. If any of our listeners have heard of Soggy Fish Stick. I think. Okay. This is the thing about the like women's equality movement. This isn't real. And Be careful. Oh, no, it's, not, it's literally not real. And we're trying to make it real so that we can be like, women have circle jerks too. And I'm sorry, whip, like find me a single, like if you are listening, find me videographic evidence of a bunch of women squirting on a fish stick. I can find you video evidence of a bunch of women squirting on a man. I don't think it's the same because it's like, they're not, gonna, it's not like the last girl to squirt has to eat the dude. It's called Vore. Look no, it up. No, I, just, I have no doubt, but I want, I want like an actual equivalency. I want a bunch of women squirting on a carbohydrate that then one of them has to eat. That being said, ladies, if you're listening, we are looking for videos of a soggy fish stick all girl moment. If you're willing to squirt on a carbohydrate, let us know. Oh my God. Do you think soggy biscuit slash soggy fish stick is like can be trans inclusive I think it can be I think it should be do you think I don't even know how to phrase that question I think it should be as well yes but I'm wondering how it would be well whatever um we're gonna jump ship to toys <laughs> to toys toys their own your own sort of like personal game with yourself it's the, shoving something up your asshole it's Christmas morning and you're unwrapping dildos butt plugs anal beads you name it we're here to talk about it and review it but before you ever had a dildo what was like what or i guess maybe even if you did have a dildo the craziest thing you've put in your ass what is the craziest thing you've put in your ass see we had a conversation about this a while ago a bunch of friends of mine and i a bunch a bunch it was a group of us about like the weirdest things you put in our pussies plus or minus 10 people minus like Uh, seven people (laughs) what constitutes a bunch um and i think my tried and true growing up was a thick sharpie (laughs) that is so funny to me i feel like it's just like it's like slightly granted i shoved like huge shit up my asshole when i was a kid like what cucumber water bottle water um, bottle mm-hmm. oh yeah i did put that perrier bottle up my ass you did put that perrier bottle up your ass in miami i did wow but the, the things thing is, I... is, like it starts narrow and it really gets wide i think it's actually like great 
I didn't put the whole thing in. Let's no, hold on. Let's be clear. Not. Well, not of course not. There are some people who who could, yeah, who could and have. But also, like your pussy's probably like just tight enough that it would shatter and like nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. And the things I did when we were still monogamous, like let me say, <laughs> what I did to get off when we were away from each other. I think the. I won't say the craziest, but the most clever thing I've ever put up my ass is actually like the Swiss Army lube bottle. Oh, because it's like first of all, it's like I'm use if I'm using lube, I just rub it on the bottle, shove it up my butt. I feel like every time I use my bottle of lube anyway, I will like lock the pump and like go wash it in the sink anyway because it like ends up covered in lube like mm-hmm. just like during sex and stuff and the last thing I need is like this like slippery ass bottle of oil like flying around my room mm-hmm. so it's like I'm already gonna clean it and honestly it's the perfect size assuming you're getting like somewhere between like the four and the eight ounce bottle I'm not shoving like a 48 ounce bottle of lube up my butt you're not like, shoving a gallon up your ass I'm no? no I'm no fist king like I wish I was but I'm not but you have been fisted. I have been fisted twice, twice in my life. And it felt like what? Ecstasy, honestly. Oh no, see, when you told me this, you said it felt like you were getting your prostate tugged. Ah, uh, yes, 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 key phrasing, key phrasing. Key it phrasing. Is, key it phrasing. is like getting your prostate tugged. And it's great. I had a limp dick and I was coming all over the place. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it so much. Other things I've used, a cucumber. I think once I did use a celery. I was really big on food. Like, I grew up in Florida. We had a lot of fresh produce. I was like, I'm just going to put it up my ass. Um, Privilege. I will say the most disgusting thing on this list that we have written down is that you use the handle of a razor. And that's not disgusting per se, but just because of, like, the only imagery I'm getting is just, like, really fine cuts on your hand or around your asshole from said razor like just ick I'm seeing saw it's like a saw this is like a saw challenge like get the razor out your asshole well, without slitting your urethra or something the razor wasn't like facing my any of my skin and it was really easy to take in and out I, it really it was a lot simpler than it sounds also, aren't, like razor handles kind of like textured with you know like that gel or for like, your like, pleasure gel grip no see that's <laughs> like that's like a that's like just like so crazy to me. It's like ribbed condoms. I'm like, no one actually enjoys those, right? No. No, no one's out no. here like using ribbed condoms. No one's out here like putting a like razor handle up their butt. Sorry. It's Speaking a little weird. of ribbed condoms, have you ever heard of this? I've never really seen it in, in the flesh. In the flesh in or in flesh. porn. I haven't ever really heard of it much, but like I saw this thing once when I was younger where this guy like got pearl implants in his cock so that his cock had like pearl, like like pearls like from an oyster. I don't know if they were real pearls, they were shaped like pearls. And they were like implanted in his cock all over his cock to give Ew. his cock like a texture to Oh my it. god, like those people, do you remember those like weird people who thought they were like half lizard or whatever who got like Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like the weird like those yeah, horn like, things, yeah, yeah where, in like, their heads. Yeah, like bumps like along the the center of Yeah, it was like a body like, mod like yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking crazy. Isn't that crazy? Were they like really tiny? Or were they, they were like, like big? They were like the size of of an average pearl. I'd like to th- honestly, if he was hot, like I'd try it. 
I don't think it would go well. I don't like this is like people who like inject speaking of weird games, like people who like are obsessed with object like injecting silicone into their cock. I'm like What is that? What is that? What is that? It's also like how depressing that you've like actively decided that when you're hard, your dick is still gonna be squishy. That's so gross. It's so gross. I'm sorry. We are going to kink shame people who put silicone and it honestly pearls in their cock. Stop putting weird foreign objects in your penis. Just stop. Um, I will say, speaking of like sex toys and things we shove up our ass, like, is there ever a time when you prefer these things like dildos or sex toys in general to like sex with a person? I will say there was a period in my life where riding my dildo would make me come harder than like anyone could. I mean, it's just like that question of like, you know yourself better than anyone. So it's like, you're really, and it's like, even if you don't, like you really are going to take the time to like find like how you should like hit your prostate. Exactly. You know? And so I will say like sex toys really are incredible in that respect. I, however, for me, I feel like the only time that's ever been the, like the only instance where I've really felt like toys have turned me on more than like a person themselves has been like when toys are like, like exhibition. Like if I Mm. ever was like, like if I'm having fun, like FaceTime sex or Skype sex or something and I'm like using a toy and I'm being watched or even if I'm just like in person with the person, but they're like just watching me pleasure myself like there is something about that that just gets me off and that leads me to bottom x bottom play like Mm. why can't two bottoms enjoy each other double dildos sharing dildos they can we i mentioned this me and my first boyfriend shout out justin i know you're not listening but i really wish you were um we once as a gag were given a double-sided dildo but then we actually used it once. And I mean, we had a totally versatile relationship. Like we were flip fucking left and right. But like one time and like, but the, like one of the things that was really exceptional about that was it really created a lot of space for us to explore like different kinds of sex. One of which was like, we had this double sided dildo that was literally like a foot long and we both put it inside each other until our butts touched. And then we were kind of like using our sphincters to try to push the dildo into the other person it was like honestly unreal hot and i came all over the place multiple times oh see my bottom x bottom experience with anthony um (laughs) hi anthony i know you're not listening um (laughs) thank god we were both using dildos at the same time and then we kind of like pressed them up against each other and like butt scissored and now, if you haven't tried this before, everybody, this is my hot sex tip of the of the episode, <laughs> is try butt scissoring. Try angling it so both your legs are open and they're kind of like in a scissoring position, but your buttholes are touching and rubbing against each other. It's honestly erotic and intimate. I feel like, I just feel like, I don't buy it. Like, I feel like I would need at least like a little something inserted in my hole. I mean, it's not like it's not like the main event, but it's a nice warm up. It's a nice warm up. That's fair. I feel like maybe if you like both like eat each other out really ve- vehemently and you're like and you've like slobbered all over each other's pussies, like maybe then it's like it, little, that. Yeah, that's kind of how it happened. And it was that's hot. That's hot. That's hot. So hot. There's some other things on here. I think we can maybe gloss over. I will say ring pops, push pops. Freud would have loved them. Don't even see how they're relevant to this episode. I think I just wanted to say that. Um, 
Do you want to talk about the Barbie collection? I think it's fun to note like what toys had an influence on our queerness growing up. <laughs> and this girl I grew up on my street, Rachel had like the in- most incredible Barbie collection ever. And I would bend over backwards to try and play with it. It was incredible. She had the house, she had the car, she had like 20 fucking Barbies, the outfits. It was but, exceptional. So was any component of this, excuse me, I'm about to go. Was any component of this sexual or was it like more like you help realizing like your gender queerness? Gender queerness. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean equally, equally valid. Was there a toy that awakened, had, like what video game character awakened my sex, my sexuality? Mm -hmm. Honestly, there are definitely some, like sometimes (gasps) you have like a ripped, Tails from Sonic the Hedgehog. Sorry. Riku from Riku is it Riku from Kingdom Hearts? Am I wrong? Literally Ugh. no idea. The sad boy, the sad boy from Kingdom Hearts, really got me going. Of course, I don't know who he is, and I already know what he looks like. Um, not necessarily a video game, but also kind of a video game, and a great segue into our next topic. Um, the best I can relate to like video games and my sexuality was when I was at Bonnaroo in what I want to say was 2017. Um, I took a bunch of acid and then on top of that took a bunch of Molly was extremely fucked up hooking up with this like wildly hung dude at this at a flume. It was at a flume concert. Honestly, it was fucking amazing. True like life highlight. And we go back from the concert to my campsite to have sex. And like I was really into it was hooking and we start hooking up we start having sex he pulls out this like giant ass fucking schlong starts fucking me but then at this point i'm truly so overstimulated between like the drugs and the sex and the fat dick that like i am like having the craziest visuals of my life and i like look back and this man this guy i'm fucking is now a giant blue robot and his dick Jeep is just rolling their eyes I hate it <laughs> And their gi- their cock is just in a, gi- a giant blue like Atari joystick Like if you were playing like Asteroid or something like retro as fuck And I just stopped and I was like You know what I think I think this needs to end here um, So not that I've had a sexual awakening via video games But I have had sex in which I thought I was in a video game I once blew my ex-boyfriend while he was playing League of Legends, and then he died and made me stop. That's not hot. (laughs) (laughs) That is not a turn on to me. I get that it mimics, like, the thing. It kind of mimics, like, Roadhead, right? Where, like, your dom top is, like, driving you down the road, and he, like, doesn't give a fuck while you're sucking him off or whatever. Like, same energy, right? This guy couldn't give a shit. And, like, that. there's something about that that's hot. But, like, damn, if you're playing the wrong video game, like, that's just cringe. And, like... That's the wrong. It video was game. the wrong video game. It's the wrong. It video was a game. ranked game. No, stop. I don't even know what that means, but no. However, this is a great sort of not really transition into the gamification of sex, which I do want to talk about because I think what's so interesting is we live in this era, blah 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 blah, in which most of our sex is found online. And like I've mentioned this to you dozens of times, this is one of my favorite like fun facts. It's like when you're on Grinder or like or bat. Better yet, when you're on Tinder and you get a match with somebody, when you're in Hinge and you get a match with somebody, it strikes the same mental pleasure centers, pleasure centers and receptors as when you like beat a level on a video game or a boss. And so it's like these things then become intimately and irrevocably entangled, right? Like your understanding 
of sex and of your own sexuality and your experience of like seeking sex becomes gamified even when it's like very much real and authentic and like true to like your own desires or whatever and so I don't know like what is there to say on that I mean I think it explains why gay men are so competitive on Grinder. it's just trash and I feel like and like (laughs) why are gay men so competitive about I mean it's interesting because I feel like straight men can kind of be competitive with sex too where are men in general competitive with sex but you see the converse of this is I find it so funny because like on the outside looking in like when I'm talking to like cis heterosexuals like so often they are telling me like oh it's dire straights out here with the straight men like everyone's so fucking ugly like gay men have it so good because you're also fucking hot not true and like first of all not true though second I do think like by and large like cis gay men are more preoccupied with like maintaining and cultivating their appearance than straight men fair at least like at our age and like within our larger age bracket probably Mm -hmm. um and so i think there's like a granule of truth to that and i but i think it also speaks to like why there's this like it's actually a product of like this competitiveness and this extreme toxicity where it's like you really want to like right like our desire to be like buff ripped whatever is like you know you want to be the big man on campus like you want to be the hottest dude in the room or at least feel that way. But, like, women have proven that, like, we're not really looking for, like, muscle. You know what I mean? We're not looking for that. Gay men haven't proven that, though. <laughs> gay men want that. That's all gay men want. All gay men want is just a fat slab of meat. Fat arms. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Whereas, like, that's not necessarily what women look for. In fact, isn't it, like, a thing where, like, people with more emotional intelligence, like, look for more personality than body type? I know because I'm extremely emotionally intelligent and I am also so shallow. Because I'm so smart. I'm so smart and so emotionally intelligent and I only fuck people with six packs. It's kind of true. It is true, unfortunately. I'm working on it, not really. Um, <laughs> You're awful. No. I will. This is like kind of like, I think the one thing that I'm kind of wondering like via this conversation is like, is this gamification of sex tied to the fact that, like, the other big chunk of thing we want to talk about, the fact that, like, men, quote-unquote, play games, right? Like, mm-hmm. do we think, like, the dating game, like, the games we play romantically and interpersonally, do we think that's been heightened by the fact that, like, sex has been, quote-unquote, gamified by, like, the internet and, like, late-stage capitalism? Or is this something that precedes all of that? I would absolutely agree with that, that I feel like the digital technologies have made it easier for game playing to even happen. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. before it was like, when will I get his phone caller? I'm waiting out on the widow's peak for his return from sea. Like, now... If he's not texting you, he's not texting you. Right now, it's like he's liking all my like liking all my shit on Instagram, but he's not responding to my text messages, which right? is like bullshit. Which the, is bullshit. If you're doing that, just fucking stop. It's honestly rude. The mental gymnastics <laughs> that people go through to try and figure out what's going on. I am the Simone Biles of gay dating. I hate. You. <laughs> <laughs> I hate. Because you. <laughs> you do play games. I. I only play games when I'm topping, which is insane. Which is like, who who plays games more, tops or bottoms? Who it's plays ga- who plays games more, men or women? Men, men, but also, and then also, like by extension, tops. tops. I do think in my instance, it's because like in general, like if it's a, if we're talking about like a one off or someone who I have like no expectations of developing like a serious connection with, it's like I'm just less in fact like 
invested in topping than I am in bottoming. I'm like, there's always going to be a hole to fill a hole to fill. Like there's always going to be some sexy, hungry bottom who wants me to fuck them. And that's not necessarily the case when like, I'm the one like gunning to get my hole plastered. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, but like, but would you contribute that to the market being oversaturated with bottoms? I mean, yes. And I think there is like this, there's like a, a psychology or like I would probably argue a pathology to like topping especially like as a gay dude where there's just this like the 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 power dynamic seems like intimately related to like your ability to sort of like either be disinterested or just like you know kind of like play at their heartstrings a little bit, right? Like <clears throat> you're waiting to reply. You like stop replying altogether. You, you know, hit them up on a different platform that somehow feels like less committal or less serious, right? Like migrating from texting to like Instagram DMs, whatever. Like, I don't know. There's something about that that seems to like have some sort of strange effect. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's good. I'm not, I'm not condoning it. I'm not lauding it, but I am saying like, I think like, when you're bottoming, there's this natural disposition to hunger and like eagerness, right? Like we we're we're spun this we spin this narrative about how everybody wants a hungry bottom, but then when you have him, you don't really want him. That's a cr- I, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say something, but I was like, do I agree with that? I don't really know, but I think glossing over that <laughs> let's we're gonna leave that where it's at glossing over that. y'all y'all duke it out in the comments duke it out in the comments um i kind of want to talk about how games and shame relate to each other yeah hit me with that because i would like to think that a lot of people play games in a, a variable as to why people potentially play games i think can deal with a lot with shame Mm-hmm. And how, like, I feel like a lot of guys fuck with my head because, like, there's, like, the trans non-binariness of what I'm doing and their insecurity about being with a queer person, especially being with a visibly queer person, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. questions their gender and sexuality. I think you actually ironically just articulated the answer to what we were just talking about, which is, like, tops play more games because they're more predisposed to feeling and experiencing shame, right? Because, like, I don't think they're more predisposed to feeling shame. You have to be kidding me. Elaborate. Because, like, there is something, like, oh, come on. We've seen this in queer theory. We see this all over the place in, like, the the cultural discourse about queerness, right? Like, so much of, like, the shame, like, there's a shame tied to, or an idea of shame tied to, like, being the woman in sex, in gay sex, right? Like being the one who experiences insertion. Now I and see so, what you're talking you know, about. Like, now I get a, there's it. A mas- there's a fragile masculinity inherent to topping, especially for tops who don't bottom, right? Like, especially for tops, yeah, who are afraid to bottom, mm-hmm. who don't want to put themselves, because like bottoming is a vulnerable thing. Right, but also verse men are not absolved, right? Like all these like verse kings who like, and like I'm, you know, like I'm reading myself here right now who like don't get topped by people who are like shorter or more femme than them. Like there's that, there's a whole element of shame and like, you know, insecurity tied to that as well. And if not shame or insecurity, at least like very rigid and like reductive ideas about 
who should be doing what and sex. Which is interesting because, like, as fem- as someone who's, like, femme and verse, like, where does, like, the confidence begin? Where does the self-assurance begin? Mm-hmm. Like, when I was in Berlin, everybody that I topped was first of all I will say this the men there are a lot less creepy than they are here <laughs> significantly less creepy so much more approachable they're like I was I probably pulled some of like the top three hottest guys of my life in that city it was insane and they were all wonderful people and I topped all of them as a femme individual and I think that's that and like none of them played games with me and I feel like none of the that's interesting. I would love to talk to more people about that, more friends about that, about what the dating sphere in Berlin is like and if men play games like they do here. I think... Because I know in American dating, like, especially New York dating, it's like, literally, it's a video game for everybody because I mean, everyone's so online. Game, Yeah, that's true. People are extremely online in New York, but also, like, games exist everywhere, right? But they are, like, extremely, like, culturally informed, right? Like, I think mm-hmm. the thing about... I, I've said this to you before like when I moved back the thing that was so like people in London play games right like I lived there long enough to learn that like men play games but the games in London are like extreme like icing like just not replying like couldn't give a fuck and like that happens in New York but I think there's like a more sinister component to the New York games where there's also a lot of like people kind of like leading you to the precipice of like a meet or a date or whatever, and then dropping off, right? Like, in, oh, that doesn't happen in London. No, in London, like I was all like, the one thing is like, yeah, sure, people in London were playing games, like, and like dating moved very slow, and people wanted there to be more like courting and courtmanship, and like wanted dating to be like more coy, like that was kind of the game. But Love like, that. there was no question of like when someone was disinterested. You know what I mean? Whereas like here, I think we've talked about this. You totally find yourself like going down a rabbit hole with somebody, and then they kind of disappear. Yeah, and it's like here is like. I'm going to string you along until I find something better because I may or may not find something better. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's what's so incredibly toxic about, and like toxic is the word that everyone throws around a little bit too flippantly. <laughs> but it's an incredibly toxic experience. Um, It is. I do want to cap this episode off by like, digging way back and into our childhood and talking about the games we played that were outlets for sexual exploration. Mainly I'm thinking spin the bottle, truth or dare spin the bottle, baby. My first kiss. She's a lesbian. now. (laughs) I'm so glad you guys were able to find each other. Thank you. At that tender age. I do think like I played spin the bottle a couple of times, um, as a kid, but I actually found that the more, the avenue by which like my larger friend group or at least like my childhood community <laughs> sorry <laughs> just throating the microphone right now i hope that creates some weird like asmr weakness. <laughs> i don't think it did okay well anyway now that jeep's done doing that um all this talks really got her going you know <laughs> <laughs> i think truth or dare was so funny because it was like it was really weaponized okay like instrumentalized to like get you to kiss somebody like you Mm -hmm. could dare and it was like i dare you to kiss blah 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 and then like blah 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 is just roped into this like non-consensual like tongue punch with like whomever and i don't know i think it was very interesting because it was like when we didn't have at least in my experience i felt like 
what those things allowed us to do was like engage these like emotions and sexual questions that we didn't know how to like talk about or how to explore on our own and like we needed to like we felt like we needed to pull out of each other right like I'm daring you to kiss this person yes because I think it's like funny or like whatever but also because like I think it's something you're not going to do otherwise, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that's more obvious with spin the bottle, right? It's like you're just praying that it's like your crush in the circle who, like, it lands on so that you you finally have the excuse to kiss them. Or... Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Something a little bit more faggy. Um, (laughs) I had this, like, weird childhood, like, bully slash best friend. And we had a slumber party once. I was in third grade. He was in the fifth grade. And we played this game where I would lay down on my stomach and he would lay down on top of me and I would try to push him off. Now, he was like way bigger and stronger than I was, so I couldn't do it. And the entire time he would just have a raging erection. I think that's honestly way more normal. Like some permutation of that is like present in like a lot of people's childhoods. Like I remember wrestling was like a huge part of my childhood relationship. Like relationships with like men like most of whom who turned out straight right a testament mm-hmm. again to that conversation we had at the beginning about like homoeroticism yeah not necessarily being an indicator for queerness right but it is an indicator of our desire to overpower other men or feel power amongst men um, <laughs> i'll drink to that i'll drink to that baby we are we are drunk so we're gonna drink we're to two that. shots in, and we're not drunk I would like, let me just spin the neuron. <laughs> um, no, but like I wrestled a lot as a kid and I think uh, it's funny how I'm able to see now how I love, I loved it. I thought it was so fun. And like, actually part of the reason I thought it was so fun was because it was like, allowed me to interrogate, like enjoy this, like, sexual part of myself that I didn't have a language for and didn't even understand at the time. Oh yeah, absolutely. You I know? agree with that. And like, same with your bully straight or not. Like there's something you're exploring there. So maybe even though we play games with each other, maybe it's just like childhood games are actually just this like process of becoming because we don't know who we are. I mean, my boyfriend and I, we never played games with each other and we're going strong. You are going strong. I do think like, I really do think if you're playing games with somebody, it is like a telltale red flag that's probably not going to work. And like that might be a reflection on you. That might be a reflection on them. It might be a reflection on the two of you as you guys relate to each other. But I do think games are more or less lying, be it to that person, to yourself, to the world around you. And so if you feel like you're playing games, snip, snip, baby. Yeah, snip, snip. Cut that shit out. Cut that shit out. I mean... You decide. Uh, You decide. (laughs) And on that note, I think we're, how are we doing on time? We're doing great. And I think we nailed it. I think we can snip snip. We can snip snip. Thank you guys so much for listening this week. I'm G. And I'm Reese. TTYS. Bye.